What's up? What's going on, everyone? How's everyone doing? This is Jonathan Mathis, the sports judge, and welcome back to another episode of the Judge's Corner, hosted by myself, and I am joined by Coach Dante tonight. It is Friday, March 3rd. How's everyone feeling tonight? Because I'm feeling good, because we got a lot to get into. We're going to get into the Clippers and that blown lead last night. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis and does he get most of the blame if the Lakers don't get a play in? We're going to talk about Jalen Bronson and how that signing has made a tremendous impact on the New York Knicks and their recent surge of late. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Ravens and things that is going on in our front office. But first... How are you, Coach Dante? What, what's going on tonight, my man? How you feeling? Uh, what's going on, man? Happy and excited to be a part of the Judges Corner again. Uh, so excited, man. I'm just ready to get into everything that we were going to talk about. Uh, and it's, I'm just ready for it. Let's get right into it. Let's do let's do our thing. I got the Laker game on in the background. As you, as you see, I'm watching very closely. Being a Laker fan... Uh, they look good so far. Let's see if it's sustainable. Let's see if they can keep it that way. But first, we got to talk about the other team in town, the team that share the same court, the team that just uh, is down the hallway from the from the Lakers, uh, the Clippers, man. Now, the Clippers, in a lot of people's eyes, are, of course, a, a favorite to possibly come out of the West. Not, not to me they are. Um, I don't think this is a team that's capable of, you know, coming out of the West. Um, I don't think this is a team that's going to represent the Western Conference. Yes, they are one of the most talented teams. Yes, their owner, Steve Ballmer, who's very animated, has spent – a lot of money, and he's not shy to spend, as we do know that. Um, he has spent a lot of money to assemble one of the most talented rosters in the league. But the Clippers are unable to put it together, as we saw last night. And it's become a disturbing trend, Coach, that the, that this Clippers team continue to blow leads. Um, that's not good. Uh, you can't afford to blow leads in 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 critical games. Um, yes, they're gonna get into the playoffs. There's no question about it. But what good does it do you? It's not gonna do you any justice if you get in the playoffs and you get bounced out of the playoffs in the first round. So to me, the Clippers look like a team that's going to get bounced out of the playoffs early. Um, and that's not me showing any bias at all. That's not me showing any bias at all. This team lacks togetherness. This team lacks unity. And this team is 0-4 since they acquired Russell Westbrook in a trade. That is not good. Um, No one has found themselves consistently uh, surrounded by uh, um, surrounded by their teammates 
um, they prioritize um, individual play over team play, and that's what you've seen from this Clippers team so far. Um, it's not good. It's not good. They they have to find a way to get away from individuality and find a way to play together as a team and be a collective bunch. And that's something that the Lakers, I mean, excuse me, not the Lakers, but the Clippers have not been able to do. Um, it, it's it's not good at all. It, it's 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 bad. Um, it seems to be getting worse. The Clippers have gotten worse at the worst possible time. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if these guys are practicing together, but Tyron Lu made it seem like this team is not together. You heard him in the press conference, and this is a guy who is miserable as hell. He looks miserable as hell. You know, um, you don't really have a leader in that locker room. Kawhi Leonard, like I said earlier today, he's too damn quiet. Maybe now is a good time to speak up. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've ran out of excuses for this team because this is a team that commits to load management. We've seen Kawhi Leonard deal with health issues, miss a, a ton of games, and, and that could be another issue uh, as well for the Los Angeles Clippers. But it is not looking good for the Clippers at all. Um, you know, this team is not mentally tough. This team is not mentally strong. And Tyron Lue has brought that up as well uh, during the press conference. This is, this is not good for the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, they don't have that toughness. They don't have that mindset. And that's not good going into the playoffs. You had Russell Westbrook who turned over the ball. He was responsible for two turnovers in the game. But he also missed shots. You know, and, and during a game-changing third quarter um, that saw the Clippers uh, commit more turnovers, uh, seven to be exact, uh, then they made field goals. Uh, they went four for 20, 22. That's horrible. When you have uh, Kawhi Leonard and when you have Paul George and you have guys that can score, you know, that, that's, that's inexcusable. For, for a, a Clipper team that is supposed to be a, a, a contender in, in this league. And this is the third time in four games the Clippers have lost double-digit leagues. That's concerning to me. That's very alarming, and I just don't see it. I, I just don't see this Clippers team going very far at all. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I thought one of those teams, Clippers were going to be a wild-card team. Uh, coming out of the um, coming out going the force the talent that they had, you know, uh, if everything break right, they can be a Western Conference Finals team. But I, I didn't got off that got off that quick, fast in a hurry. First of all, they are zero and four without Russell Westbrook. Give up one hundred seventy six points against the Sacramento Kings. Just god awful. I don't know who who played. I don't know what they what defense they worked on. I don't know. They were just. The defense, that's not Clippers basketball. That's not Clippers defense right there that we used to see. Um, then you got too many plug-and-play guys coming off the bench. I guarantee you before the end of the season, after the end of the season over, someone is going to complain for the Los Angeles Clippers. You mean tell me you got Bones Holland coming off, you got Bones Holland on the bench. 
You got to figure out a way to put Eric Gordon in now, who has not been playing well, who has not been shooting the ball well, and who has not really got the rotation of minutes that he used to get. You got Mason Plumlee playing more minutes than uh, Zubak now. You got him playing more minutes than Zubak now. And you got Norman Powell, who's been the most consistent guy coming off the bench, which he does deserve minutes because he averaged 17 points per game, shooting 42% from the three-point line. So he does deserve some minutes. But you got too many plug-and-play guys. You got to figure out rotation minutes against. You got guys. You got them that you got uh, guys are not shooting well. Russell Westbrook. Uh, you see how well Draymond Green disrespected him the other night, sitting in the paint. He's wide open by the three and still wouldn't shoot. But when he does shoot, he's not as confident. That compiles into more misses. They turn over the basketball. Uh, it's just like, again, well, that Russ go, it's a game plan. Let Russ shoot and guard everybody else. Uh, so at the end of the get day, it's a lot of issues going on with this team. I don't know if Kawhi – I don't think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can win a championship together on the same floor. I think Kawhi can be the best player on a championship team because we did see that. But as far as having Paul George – on a Paul George on a championship ready team, I don't think it works out for us. That Russell Westbrook don't think it works out because he can't shoot. He can't shoot, and teams know how to game plan, especially for him in the seven game series. Team know how know how to guard him now. Uh, Mason Plumlee can't shoot. Mason Plumlee can't shoot. Can't shoot at all. He's an energy guy. And Nicholas Platoon, uh in and up out of the rotation. You just got too many plug and play guys that you got to figure out a figure out to get rotation minutes. That's something Ty Lue got to figure out. And plus, when you get into a play-in type of game stretch or or even in the playoffs, a lot of rotational minutes going to have to cut down for some guys. You can easily be playing a seven, seven-man rotation, six-man rotation. Some of these guys are not going to get um, minutes. Bone, Bone Thailand hasn't been getting any minutes. He hasn't got no minutes against Golden State at all. So he's used to playing. Eric Gordon is someone that's used to playing. Now you just got to figure out minutes how to get everybody on the floor, and there's just too many guys to just to figure that out. And right now, their defense, they're not guarding anything. They're not playing any type of defense, and we don't know the Clippers with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the same team that don't play very good defense. And the defensive culture is off. They can't guard anybody. They can't stay in front of their man, and the rotations uh, is not up to par for Tyron Lue and the Clippers. This is another failed experiment. This was supposed to be a team that could possibly win multiple championships. And the Clippers have turned out to be an utter disappointment. Um, It's been an up and down season for the Clippers. They have been utterly disappointing all season long. Um, And I just don't see them getting very far in the playoffs. I I just don't, I, I don't, see that happening. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, to me, is one of the best two-way players in the league, but he's been too inconsistent as well. Uh, Paul George, we all know that he could be a choke artist, particularly in the playoffs. This team, uh, I mean, this is a team that you don't really fear. This is a team that doesn't scare anybody. They're not intimidating. They're not terrifying. You know, they they had too many turnovers. They added Russell Westbrook to the mix, and that seems to be a problem because we all know that he's been a cancer everywhere he's been, you know. And it's just not panning out for the Clippers. So I don't I don't see this team going very far, especially when you're blowing leads. 
You know, I watched that entire game last night, and they weren't very aggressive. They they looked lackadaisical. They looked complacent. They looked lost. And this was a this was one of those epic collapses. This was one of those epic collapses that will come back to bite you in the ass. That's that's that plain and simple. That's what it was. That's what we saw last night. That's what we witnessed from this Clipper team. You know, and they, and like I said earlier today, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They ought to be ashamed of themselves because this kind of play is very inexcusable. Then you had a ton of missed shots. There should be no excuses. You know, this team has to has to pay more attention to detail. This team has to come together collectively as a team. There has to be more energy from this team. You know, I don't see the energy. They're going to have to reduce the number of turnovers. Um, if their blueprint is to work again, you know, it has to happen soon. Because there's only 17 games remaining. And the Clippers, at some point, they're going to have to get their act together. And in a hurry. Yep. Because if they, if they don't, they're going to be they're going to be one of those teams that suffer an early postseason exit. The more they keep this up, they can possibly not make a playing tournament. The more they keep this up, they could possibly die. Right now, they are in the playing game. They're playing in the playing game. They're the seventh seed as of right now. So uh, when you're playing a one-game playoff, uh, it's posing a waiting, play, posing a being in the sixth seed. We have to uh, play the third seed. But when you're playing a one-game playoff, anything can happen. And they were in the one-game playoff last year against New Orleans, and they end up losing the game. They end up losing the game. So, like you said, they got to get their act together. They definitely got to play play uh, basketball. They got to communicate better. And Tyron Lue got to figure out his rotations going at this time because he have too many uh, – he got to figure out who he wants to play, who's going to be in that rotation. That's who Coach Tyron Lue gotta, really got to figure out because he got too many plug-and-play guys that he's got to figure out. So it's definitely something going on uh, in uh, in Clipperland, and let's hope they can get that figured out over there. Yeah, they better get it figured figured out and in a hurry. But now we're going to move on, Coach. We're going to talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks because the Dallas Mavericks, they finally got a win last night. That's encouraging, right? Um, that's very important. But it, 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 it was weird to me from since day one that the, that the Dallas Mavericks acquired Kyrie Irving in a trade because, look, now you got, you got two great guards. Don't get me wrong. But you got two ball dominant guards, and both of these guys' style of players is very similar. Uh, when you see their game, you know when you watch their game. Uh, but it, but it's good. The Dallas Mavericks finally got a win. But I, I'm I'm not one of those people who's going crazy over this win uh, because to me, it's a game that the Dallas Mavericks were supposed to win. Look, the the. The 76ers got in late. Uh, they were coming off a back-to-back. -back. You know, uh, it, it, it had a huge toll on those guys and their bodies. And those guys were tired. Those guys were exhausted. 
You know, so that's a game that the Dallas Mavericks should have won. And 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 they did. They they took care of business. Can they do it on a consistent basis? No, I don't think so. Because look, this Dallas Mavericks team, who's gonna defend? Who's gonna be that guy that step steps up on the defensive side of the ball? Because this is not a very good defensive team. Offensively, we know what they can do with the two guards that they have in the backcourt because Luca is is a top five player in this league. Uh Kawhi not Kawhi, Kyrie Irving is one of the best guards in this league when he's laser focused, when he's locked in, and when he and when he doesn't surround himself um, with distractions and and everything else that can be, um, you know, a, a challenge for him. Because you know we we know his personal life and and we know what what life can be like for him off the court. But this Dallas Mavericks team to me is a second round team at best. I don't see them getting past the second round. Hell, they might not even survive the first round. Because again, they don't have no one that could play defense on this team. And to me, they don't even have enough front court depth. They don't have a very good front line. That's a, that's an area of weakness. That that's that's where they lack. They don't have a dominant big man in their front court. So this Mavericks team, to me, it, it doesn't have enough to compete with some of the big dogs in in the Western Conference. And and you know they have two dogs in the backcourt, but they don't have they don't have enough depth and. We all know, Coach, in the playoffs, you need a solid bench. You need other guys on your team, on that roster, that can step up in big moments. Because what if your superstar players get in foul trouble? Then what? What? Anything can happen in a playoffs. One of your, one of your, one of your star players can suffer and a severe injury that could put them out for for some time. You know, you never know. So you got to be prepared for those moments. And to me, when I look at the Dallas Mavericks roster, they just don't have enough. They don't have enough depth. And and that's very important in the playoffs. You need a bench. You need someone that can come off the bench, provide a spark, and that can help generate some offense for your team. Are, and and even someone that could defend, and the Mavericks don't have that. So, w- w- what's your take on this? Well, y'all, like I say, last night uh, I, I give them credit for the win because I mean everybody played back to backs. Everybody played back to backs, regardless if you're tired, fatigued. Plus, Joel Embiid was playing uh, last night, playing last night, and got to give them the benefit of that. But also, uh, 76 is a second round and out team anyway. They're a second round and out team. Nobody, I don't think they're a championship contender. Uh, I think the only ones championship contenders in the Eastern Conference is really Boston and Milwaukee. Those are the two teams that's really actually championship contenders, but they do need more from uh, they do need more. They do need more. They do need a bench. They don't play any defense whatsoever. Uh, so I do think they will be a playoff team. Because the Clippers are not playing. I don't like what I see in the Los Angeles Clippers. So they do hold that final six seed to get actually in the playoff playoff. So 
for right now, I trust them more than I trust the Clippers. But the playoffs against the Sacramento Kings, that matchup, I think they can win that matchup. But defense does come into play. You got to have someone that can very play, that can play defense. Uh, you got to have some guys that can step up and score the basketball. If Luka is off or Kyrie is off, you got to have some guys that can chip in and play basketball. The problem is that oh, it's going to be on the defensive side. I think they can score. I think the Mavericks can score. I think they can score with anybody in the league, but the most of their problems are going to be on the defensive side of the ball, and they got to rebound the basketball more better. I, I like their, I like uh, the offensive side of the ball. Uh, when Luke and Kyrie Irving has been doing on the offensive side of the ball, the problem is it's going to be their their defense, and I don't think they, their defense is good enough to sustain against you know a Phoenix or a Golden State. You know, uh, or a pop, not even the Memphis, not even uh, Denver, who's probably the best team. Who's the best team? Who's the best team in the West the Conference right now? So I think the problem, most of the problems on their defensive side of the ball, I think they can score pretty much on the offensive side. Uh, long as you got Luka and long as you got Kyrie Irving, those those guys are going to continue to put the ball in the basket. But the defensive side of the ball is going to give them a lot of trouble. They're going to put the ball in the basket, sure, but then there's going to be times where fatigue is going to kick in, and we see it in the playoffs, and you're going to rely on those guys heavily to the point where you just run them into the ground, and, you know, by the playoffs, they're already worn down. You know, so that 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 should be uh, the primary focus for the Dallas Mavericks. To me, the Dallas Mavericks just – they just don't have enough. And, you know, they're, they're, they can't beat Denver in the seven-game series. They can't beat the – hell, they can't even beat the Golden State Warriors as 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 bad as they've been this season. I mean, it, it's been a it's been a substandard year for, yep. for the, the Warriors, you can say. I mean, they haven't played really well um, – on the road or at home. I, I don't, you know, it's one of the two. They, they, they haven't really played well at all. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I just don't see the Dallas Mavericks going very far, but they do have two of the most prolific guards in the league. They clearly have a, 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 a very um, exciting backcourt with those two guys. But again, you just don't have enough. They're not deep enough. And, they're they're not a, a team that's gonna, you know, scare you um at all. But I, I think they're a second round team at best, if not yep. a first rounder. Um, but we'll yep. have to wait and see uh how it all plays out for them. But now, man, we're gonna move on to the next topic. And the next topic is man, the New York Knicks, man, they won again tonight. The New York Knicks are on a roll. They're looking like the New York Knicks of the 90s. I mean, maybe I'm getting a little, a little carried away by saying they look like the Knicks of the 90s. But the Knicks have been impressive lately. And a huge part of that is because of Jalen Bronson, who is uh, scoring the ball well. Um, He's... Uh, he's shown that he is capable of being a leader. Um, and I mean, you know, he's looking like a superstar. Of course, he's not going to be um, labeled a superstar, but yep. 
Uh, when you look at this, when you look at this Knicks team, man, you talk about grit, tenacity, and that's what Jalen Bronson is. Like, he is, he is starting to show himself more and more, and he could be on Broadway. I mean, it, it's amazing uh, what he has done. I mean, this guy is is fantastic, and he is scoring uh, the ball. He is doing everything for this Knicks team. And then Julius Randle has had a bounce-back year um, after what was a substandard year a year ago. Uh, he kind of fell off last year. Um, but this year has been a resurgent year for him. Uh, but what I want to ask you, Coach, um, is this. Was the Jalen Bronson signing the best move of the NBA offseason? It's looking that way. It's looking, it's looking that way. It's looking that way. And also, don't forget about the trade deadline guy that they got, Josh, Josh Hart. Josh Hart has been really good. They're seven and zero after the trade deadline since Josh Hart has played. Um, the great three point shooter, great defensive mind, Josh Hart. Josh Hart and uh, Jalen Brunson used to play together at Villanova. They won national titles together. Tom Thibodeau preaches defense, so uh, Jalen Brunson definitely, you know, he was snubbed off the All Star team. And like I say that guy can ball. Don't forget he was a part of that Western Conference Finals Dallas Mavericks team last year. And he was the second scorer to Luka. And he brings that uh that culture, that leadership, that defensive mindset. And it's also his dad is the assistant coach, also for the New York Knicks. So uh the guy can ball. Julius Randle is balling, man. He put on a show tonight against Miami. That dude put on a show tonight. So he he is definitely balling. Quentin Grimes, Quentin Grimes is playing well, and give credit to Tom Thibodeau though. He's giving, he's he's invested a lot into playing more of the younger guys too, because he didn't like to play the younger guys at first. Evan Fournier, he's he's not getting no minutes, and he should not get minutes. He's an older guy that don't like to play defense. All he can do is shoot. But in camp, and uh, playing Jericho Sims, who's an energy player off of the bench. Uh, the only thing you didn't like about him was his performance in the dunk contest, pretty much. Uh, yeah, Mitchell Robinson, who's a great defender, who's a great defender, great uh, law threat at the rim. Uh, Quinn Grimes, who's a, a very good shooter, very good defensive player. Emmanuel Quickly, who can fill it up off the bench, who can fill it up off the bench. So give credit to Tom Thibodeau. These guys are actually playing hard. They're playing defense. They're buying in. But Jalen Brunson definitely is a key piece and a key opponent. To this offseason, great offseason move that they made. Uh, he didn't even get Dallas a meeting. He he already knew where he was going. He didn't he didn't even give Dallas a meeting. So uh, but but him and Josh Hart definitely made a difference, definitely making a difference. They're 70 no after the trade deadline since Josh Hart been a part of this team. And he's that toughness, that leadership that he's at, and I love it. I love everything about New York and with, with their what those two guys are doing for New York. And you need a dog on the floor like a Jalen Brunson. You need a defensive dog who can knock down threes and uh, play some good defense, good sound and elite defense like Josh Hart. That's where it really started to be. 7-0 after the break. Josh Hart means a lot to this New York team, and that was a good move. 
far the best offseason move and maybe right now the best trade deadline move with Josh Hart. I would say that too. I, I would absolutely say that. Look, the Knicks got a floor general who can initiate the offense effectively. They got someone that can penetrate the paint, um, which would force the defense to react and rotate. And, I mean, this guy can ball. This guy can flat-out ball. Uh, he can dribble the ball. Um, he can, you know, penetrate to the basket. He's not afraid to attack the basket. Uh, he has a, a a nice shooting touch. This man is everything for this Knicks team. And, I mean, you know, a lot of people were questioning the signing. They were saying that it was an overpay when the Knicks signed him. They were saying that he was a role player. You heard all these negative comments about Jalen Bronson's, but uh, Jalen Bronson, but Jalen Bronson's impact has been instant. He is one of the most clutch players in the league. He clearly is, but he is not getting the respect, the love, or the appreciation that he should be getting. You know, but in clutch time, he is scoring. He is scoring. And he has been the difference maker on this next team along with Julius Randle. You know, and, and the guy is, is just amazing. The, the Knicks are, I believe, ninth in in offensive rating in, in, in clutch time. I believe yep. they are. And yep. Jalen Bronson is sixth in the league in clutch points. So that's a guy you want on your team. You know, when you're looking to make a strong push to the playoffs and you know what he's capable of bringing you in the playoffs, he's clutch, you know? And, I mean, when the game is on the line, the Knicks have a guy they can trust with the ball. Yep. You know, and they have someone that they can trust with the ball instead of Julius Randle, who often looks overwhelmed and, and tends to get either strip or dribbles off his off his own foot. And and we've seen this with Julius Randle. We've seen yep. this, right? He, yep. he he tends to fold under pressure. But now when you got a floor general like like Jalen Bronson, that takes a lot off your shoulders. And now all you got to do is focus on scoring a basketball, which Julius Randle has done this season. I think with the elevation of Jalen Bronson and with his ability to elevate everyone around him, I think that has made Julius Randle a more effective player. That has yep. made him more of a weapon in that yep. offense. Yep. You know, because it has taken the load off of his shoulders, and now he doesn't have much of a heavy burden. You know, because you felt the pressure when Jalen Brunson wasn't there a year ago. Yep. You know, Julius Randle was that guy. But yep. now with Jalen Bronson on the team, you don't have to worry about that too much. Bron Bronson takes the ball away from Randall and, and taking away Randall's opportunities to me has made him better. Yep. And, and, and Jalen has clearly shown that he's indispensable. 
uh, that this was a great signing. So to me, this yep. was the best move in the offseason. He brings the toughness. He, you know, is he he has that noticeable confidence that was missing from this roster. And yes, I'm with you too. You gotta give a lot of credit to Tom Thibodeau. Um, you gotta give a lot of credit to Tom Thibodeau. Um, he like you said, he preaches defense. Uh, mm-hmm. he got dogs out there uh, yep. fighting for him. Yep, you know, and and so I mean Jalen Bronson is providing that swag, that swag for this yep. next team. You know, he yep. really is providing that swag, and everyone talked all their nonsense about oh, this was a bad signing. I don't think I would have given him that much money. Well, you know what? It looks like the deal has turned out to be a, a great deal after all. It was worth the investment. You know, they, oh, yeah. invested, they invested in a guy who has who has changed the fortune of this franchise. I mean, he has looked like the face of this franchise. You know, and he has played tremendously well, and the Knicks fans couldn't be happier to have a guy like Jalen Bronson on the team. Yep, they can't they can't be happier about having Jalen Bronson on this team. And I'll say, man, Jalen Bronson, Jalen Bronson is a solid, is a good player. He, he's a guy that's turning definitely turning into a, a superstar in this league. Um and by the way, Julius Randle shooting more efficient from the field, taking smarter shots just because of, you know, the wear and tear off his shoulders because of having, you know, Jalen Brunson. You've seen how much of a beast he's become and how much of a clutch shooter he's actually become. You look at tonight when he hit that shot in the corner, that tough three-pointer from uh, the winning game against Miami in Miami. So, Again, man, a lot of credit. A lot of that credit, man, goes to Tom Thibodeau, man. How great he's playing the young guys. How much he got some of those old guys up out of there. Um, and Cam Reddish up out of there, you know, uh, that that he didn't want to play. And he's playing some young dogs. He got some dogs, man. When you got a dog like Josh Hart that can come off the bench and shoot and play great defense and be a leader and be a leader. When you got a dog like R.J. Barrett as well uh, on that team. Uh, and you got a guy that can close the game, finally close the game, and, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson, hey, that's key, man. And the Knicks in uh, Cavaliers, that's going to be a good playoff series. That 4-5 or five matchup, if that stands up today, that's going to be a good playoff uh, matchup series, and the Knicks may can win that series. Yeah, they're, they're and they're hot right now. I, yeah, they, they definitely can win that series. And with the way Jalen Bronson is balling and with the way Julius Randle is balling, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic if you're a Knicks fan. I mean, this is a, this is a great time to be a Knicks fan because, look, they've, the, the true Knicks fans have seen enough of mediocrity for so long. You know, so now they're finally – overcoming that mediocrity. They finally look like a playoff contender. They finally look like a team uh, that can make some noise with the with the players they have now. So, I mean, that's good for Knicks fans. That's good for the New York Knicks. That's good for the New York fan base. Uh, it's wonderful to see uh, what this team has come and how far this team has come with the players that they have on their roster now. 
it's great for basketball. But let's move on. We're going to talk about the Lakers. Now, I've been keeping a close eye on the Laker game because the Lakers are 11th in the Western Conference. Uh, the Lakers are currently up by two right now, 55-53, with 39 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Um, I got a question for you, Coach. Um, and the question is this. The question is this. Who gets the most blame if the Lakers miss the playoffs? Simple question. I want to hear from you first, and then I'll get my thoughts. Who gets the most blame? This is a, kind of a tough question for me because you know who the blame is going to go on most of the time. They're going to blame LeBron James. All going always always going to figure out going to be the person that everybody's going to blame for for the loss. Of course, you're LeBron James. Anthony Davis health issues. Can you really control health issues uh, like that? You can't. I don't think you control a player if them getting hurt or not. But it will be a constant blame. Like if the Lakers for this stretch don't make the playoffs. And Anthony Davis can't be the guy, then you're going to give Anthony Davis most of the blame because LeBron is going to be out for a while. It's going to be out. And if Anthony Davis cannot step up and be the man and the man that every Laker fan thinks he is, when you got him, you expect him to be the bat, the Robin for LeBron James. You took a little, uh, you took a little weight off LeBron James shoulder. And when you won that championship in the bubble, LeBron James succeeded and said he was the man. And he was. He was big help. But now, LeBron James is out. We need you to be Anthony Davis of New Orleans. Now, you got a lot of responsibility on your shoulder. So if the Lakers don't want to make a play-in tournament at all or make a playoff, Anthony Davis have to be the best player on the court for the Lakers. And if he can't do that, he's going to be – he's going – to be the fall for this team. He's going to have to take the fall for this team. And it depends on how Darvin Ham does his rotations. He's going to does his rotation. He can also get blamed. But Anthony Davis have to be the man for this team to make the playoffs for enough keep this team afloat till LeBron James comes back in a playoff spot. If he can't do that, he's going to get most of the blames. Anthony Davis have to be Anthony Davis. If this team is going to uh, make a play-in tournament or get to the playoffs. So most of the blame will go on Anthony Davis because LeBron would not be playing most of these games. He will be out. So now it's a lot of pressure on Anthony Davis now. It's certainly a lot of pressure on Anthony Davis. And you mentioned that Anthony Davis has to be that guy. Anthony Davis was that guy until he got injured. Remember, he was having yep. the MVP. He was having yep. the MVP See, yep. Until, yep. He, until he went down with that injury. And once he went down with the injury... The MVP went out the window for yep. him. You know, that was basically it for him. You know, <laughs> but I'm with you. I think he will be the fall guy because in LeBron's absence, you got to point the finger at somebody else, right? Yeah. And that will be your next best superstar on the team, which is Anthony Davis. Yep. And Anthony Davis is the guy that's supposed to be the superstar in the near future, right? The, yep. the, the, the whole plan was to pass the torch to him once LeBron exits the game of basketball. Once yep. LeBron departs from the game of basketball, Anthony Davis now becomes the main guy. He's the main character of that Lakers organization. So yep. I do I do agree with you um, that he will be he will be to blame if if the Lakers miss the playoffs. You know, and you gotta blame somebody, right? 
You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. You know, yep. You know, <laughs> LeBron ain't gonna be out though. Right. LeBron not gonna be playing. <laughs> right. And look, if LeBron's not gonna be playing, it's gonna it's definitely be Anthony Davis. Le- now LeBron, if he is playing, oh yeah, all know LeBron is the guy, right? Because yep. LeBron is not the most likable player in the league. It, it's yep. you either love LeBron or you hate LeBron, right? It, it's, yep. it's, it, 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 it's it's one of those things where LeBron is like or he's not like. So um, if he's not on the court, then yes, then yes, Anthony Davis is going to be that guy that gets most of the blame. And is it fair? Not necessarily, but yep. Anthony Davis was brought here to be the second best player on the team. He he's a, he's a superstar. If LeBron James go down, he's a superstar on the team. Yep. Right, right. And 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 if, if, if LeBron goes down, your veteran superstar, the next man up is Anthony Davis. And right yep. now, it's the next man up. And and everyone's looking at Anthony Davis. The stage is his. He's on the yep. biggest stage right now. The stage is his. Yes, you got the role players. You got everyone else stepping up. You got Austin Reeves doing his thing. You 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 got Troy Brown doing his thing. Uh, uh, you got Dennis Schroeder who had a great game the other night. So there's other guys contributing on this team. But you need someone to rally the troops. And that guy that's going to rally the troops is going to have to be Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis is going to have to show if he, he – he's going to have to show everyone he can stay healthy. Because even if he goes down with an injury, he's still going to be the fall guy. Why? Because he yep. was the last guy standing after LeBron's injury. So if he yep. goes down and if the Lakers miss the playoffs, you know who's going to be blamed for that? Anthony Davis. Yep. Yep, I mean he's the next superstar. He's the next superstar of the team, and you're trying to prove and still see if you're that guy. If you're going to be that guy, now's your opportunity with LeBron James out. I know a lot of times he was pissed off uh, when it was all LeBron night. He was pissed off. That's the game he was pissed off. At. He was definitely pissed off because he didn't get a lot of opportunities. Because LeBron James played, you know, they played more for the record than playing playing more than winning the basketball, and he was upset about that. He was upset. About that, but now LeBron James out. This is your opportunity to show, hey, that you're that guy. Can you lead a team? Can you? Because he struggled in New Orleans to lead them to bigger things. He made have made one playoff appearance in New Orleans. This is a time, time right here. You're in a tenth spot. This is a time in this game tonight. This is a time you show I can lead these guys to a victory. I can lead these guys to the playing tournament and lead these guys to the playoffs without LeBron James. This is his opportunity. So. If he stays healthy and this team doesn't make a playing tournament, he's gonna say he's gonna have to be the fall guy. LeBron James ain't playing. Russell Westbrook not here to take the fall. Now he's not here. He's with the Clippers now. And they struggling even bad. They struggling better now. They're 0 and 4. They cannot win a game. Possibly he can be 0 and 5 tonight. But tonight, starting tonight, and if the, he can't get them to the tournament, he can't get them to the uh playing tournament or the playoffs. Anthony Davis gonna take that fall. He's gonna take have to take that fall game. Fall guy. He's gonna have to, he's the next superstar of the team. He's supposed to be the superstar of the league if he stays healthy. He's a top five player in the league, borderline if he stays healthy. He clearly is a top five player in the league if he stays healthy. We all know his toughness. I don't think anyone's ever questioned his toughness. The thing with him is that he's an injury prone type player, you know, and he has shown time and time again that he can't stay healthy for a full season. That's concerning to me. That's alarming to me. Because again, this is the guy who is supposed to be the next superstar for this Lakers team. 
You know, so there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis knew what he was getting himself into when he was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Not everyone's meant to be a Laker. I'm not saying that Anthony Davis isn't. But I will tell you this before we before we get to the next topic. Anthony Davis better. This better be his year because if it's not, I can see the Lakers moving on from him. Yeah. And all season, I can I can definitely see. I can definitely see this team being broken up after the offseason. I can definitely see enough is enough. Enough is enough. When everybody getting healthy, with everybody next year, it's going to even be more harder because you still going to have Memphis. You got Sacramento, who's better. You got Golden State. Now you got not a for a full year. Imagine having to deal with Phoenix. Phoenix for a full year. Imagine having to with Kevin Durant for a full season. You got Denver, who's not going away. You got Denver, who's not going away. It's going to be more, more tough for next year. So I think, again, this is a big season. This is a big finishing touches for the Lakers. You may have to consider trading Anthony Davis in the offseason if something doesn't get done. Something doesn't get done after this season. You may have to consider moving on from Anthony Davis or trading this team. I've been saying rebuild. You've been hearing me say it. It's time yep. for the Lakers to <laughs> rebuild. You know, I, and I've been saying it for the longest time. Um, you know, I know this is not a very patient fan base. It's a fan base that like to win right now, but you can't win all the time right now. Sometimes you have to be patient and you have to see what these younger guys can bring, you know, and sometimes the, pushing a youth movement is a good thing. You yep. know, it's a, it's a very good thing for your franchise. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the Lakers can continue to win games because, they, like I said, there's no margin for error. You know, every game matters at this point. You know, you put yourself in a hole, in a deep hole, and you're trying to climb out now late in the season. Yep. You know, so you, you can't you, you you can't lose too many. You you gonna have to win some games. You know it, it's very this is a critical point of the season. And and now it's time to get real. If you're a Laker fan, you know what I'm saying. But yep. you got final thoughts on this before we move on to our final topic. Uh, before we move on to our final topic, man. Like I said, I just think is uh next off season I will consider a rebuild. For us next offseason, I will con definitely consider that rebuild that you've been talking about. You know, Freddie gonna try to do everything it takes to win. He wants he wants LeBron. He gonna want LeBron James to come back. You already know that's coming, but I think it's really serious. It's really serious next year. Uh, the thing uh, it's gonna be a rebuild. It's gonna be. I think you need to start out being a rebuild. I don't think the Lakers are winning a championship anytime soon. Uh, in the, in this Western Conference, when everybody's gonna get better, I don't really think they're gonna win a championship. And they're even if they keep the same roster. What good does it does? You still got to go through a lot of teams. You're going to have to go through, you know, like I mentioned, Golden State, Denver, Phoenix for a full year with the Kevin Durant. What good is, does it make? What good does it make you if you're going to you not if you, to keep this team together? So when you're in L.A., you're just on winning championships, not just getting to a first round or to a second round, not even winning the Western Conference, getting to a Western Conference finals. You're judged on winning championships, and I think uh, you're not close to even getting, getting to that moment. You're not close to that moment. So I think – a rebuild need to be considered for next year. Yeah, we have a commenter here that says, okay, C will be better next year. And, hey, you know what? 
strongly agree. I like what they have. I like their backcourt, by the way. I like Josh Giddy. I, I think he's a, a great guard in that backcourt. They have a prolific backcourt. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he can ball. To me, he's an underrated player. To me, he's a very underrated player. Uh, but he continues to make noise in this league. He's an all-star. He was selected an all-star this year. Uh, that 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 OKC team is going places. Next year, they will have their number one draft pick back, uh, Ch- Chet Holmgren. We'll get to see uh, those three together next year on this o- OKC team. And I like the direction that OKC is going in. I think they're trending in the right direction. I think you're seeing tremendous growth. They got a young team. They got a talented, uh, talented uh, group of guys, and they got a, a great nucleus over there. So yes, I, I completely agree that OKC is well on its way. Yeah, I think I think that uh, their way they're, they're up on their way. I think they're the best young team in, in NBA basketball. I think they're the best young team in the, in the NBA right now. Yes, Coach Dante, we're getting on to our final topic here. We're we're talking about the NFL now. We got an NFL topic. I don't know if you heard, but there's a lot of drama going on within the Reagan, the within the Ravens organization. And Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman blasted general manager Eric DaCosta in a since deleted tweet publicly coming out, calling out. His boss in a tweet. I mean, it's crazy right now. It's it's crazy in, in what's going on in Baltimore with this Ravens organization. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if you read the tweet or you saw what Bateman said, but Bateman basically said, How can you blame uh the receivers for um how bad the Ravens have looked or something like that? I, I read bits and pieces of it. Um, it it's, it's, I don't want to say that Eric DaCosta is, is a bad general manager because I think he's done a good job from a general manager aspect. Um, but there's obviously culture issues within the organization uh, for, for, players to keep coming out publicly and sharing their displeasure or voicing their displeasure about this organization because when uh, their former general manager was there you didn't hear any of this you didn't, you didn't hear um, uh, res- uh, players or wide receivers uh, talking publicly about their boss or the general manager and, and 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 this this is not like the Ravens organization. It, it, it just it's not right. Um, it's obviously something going on within the organization. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, Rashad Bateman needs to stay up on the field. First of all, he needs to stay healthy because he hasn't stayed healthy yet. And and second of all, be look for him to have a pink slip. After those comments coming out, you know when you when you blast an organization, when you talk about a GM, uh, and when anytime you blast the organization, it doesn't end well for Rashad Bateman. I don't think it's gonna end well. I think they're gonna find a way to get him up out of there, get him up out of there after those comments. But 
the organization do need wide receivers. They do have a lack of wide receiver help. I don't like that wide receiver help. Uh, first of all, you got to pay Lamar Jackson. Got to figure out a way to pay him because without him, I don't think the uh, Ravens will be very good. Uh, their defense is solid. J.K. Dobbins is really good, a really good running back, but you do need receiving help on that side of the ball. Your receiver help was not good at all. Bateman couldn't stay on the, on the field. Deshaun Jackson, old as hell. Um, you had Sammy Watkins, always hurt, old, past his prime. And outside of uh, Andrews, Mark Andrews, who do you have at the receiver position outside of your tight end? And you don't have much at the receiver position. So I do think the organization, I wouldn't say the blame is the wide receivers. I wouldn't say, but they to say they don't need help, they do need wide receiver help. They do need wide receiver help. I don't know if the blame is on the receivers, but I think they do need wide receiver help. Wide receiver help is also, I do think they need. And Rashad Bateman has to stay on the field. He can't stay on the field. So other than that, but I don't think, I think receiving help needs to be obvious. For the Ravens and Lamar Jackson got to get paid. He better got to get paid. Yeah, they they got to pay that man. Pay that man. I and I've been you've been hearing me say that for a long time too. Pay that man. What other options out there? What other options are there out there for a quarterback? What other options do you have? Yep. You really don't have any other option at the quarterback position. You yep. might as well lock him up. You might as well sign him. You already cost yourself. You already cost yourself a lot of money. Yep. You know, by not not giving him a long-term contract. You know, to me, you were better off paying him much sooner than what you did. So, I mean, that's something they got to figure out. They got, what, four days? Yep. Uh, to decide whether or not they're going to franchise tag him. Yep, or yep. Pay him. So, you know, but at the end of the day, I think the franchise tag is going to end up being the Ravens' best friend. Yep. Because they know they can use it to their advantage and they know they can have them for cheap. Yep. They know they can keep them around for uh, a, a minimum cost. And Even though I, I don't think he will kind of play up under it. I don't think he will play up on the fra franchise tag. I don't think he's going to even show up to camp with that franchise tag on. I think it's a possibility he may he may not play. He may not he may not play. He may sit out the whole process if he doesn't get paid. I'd be very surprised if you do that, though, because the way Lamar Jackson has talked, it seems like it's not all about money with him. Uh, he's always been one of those guys that want to show up no matter what. Regardless, he always says that the process will play itself out, that eventually they will come to an agreement. Both parties will eventually come to an agreement. And he hasn't really, you know, been focused on the money side of things. You know, he's been... Uh, more than anything, he's been focused on his game and, you know, uh, winning football games and, and, and showing up to play and, and committing uh, his time and effort to the franchise. But at the same time, too, coach, you still want that financial security. And, and all it takes is that one bad hit that can cost you a lot of money and that could end your career. So. You know, you might be right. He he might sit out this time because he knows that all it could take is one hit. And now, if it's his only way he can beg for financial security, then yes, he might yep. actually decide to sit out. Yep. So so yeah, no question about it. But coach, man, we reached the end of the show. 
Uh, do you have any final thoughts? It's been it's been uh, an awesome show. Man, been an awesome show, man. Y'all get ready, man. Uh, we what what month it is? March Madness for ladies and men basketball. A lot of people gonna be keeping up on March Madness. Combine has going into day three already. Uh, guys, the linemen, everybody look good out there. But March Madness is a really big key. Uh, March Madness is really big this year, and everybody's gonna be be beyond March Madness. Even the ladies' side is really good, man. So can't wait. We got all tournament games getting ready to start this coming weekend. Uh, this week is rivalry week. You got the Duke and UNC. You got the Texans and Kansas other world. So be close to March Madness, man. March Madness is this is the year that everybody. This is the time that everybody's gonna be deep into college basketball. And plus, you got playoff winding down too. Yeah, I know you got Houston, right? Because I know, I know that's your hometown and everything. I know you got the Houston Cougars going all the way, right? Uh, the Houston Cougars. It depends. Yeah, I think the Cougars have a chance. I think they're gonna make the final they four. Scrappy, right? man. They they're scrappy. really good, man. They, they man, scrappy. Calvin Sampson. Give credit to Calvin Sampson, uh, the ex uh, Houston Rocket assistant coach. Yep. He has really done some work over there in Houston. Man, they scrappy. Uh, they they can steal the ball. They like to get out in transition. They can force a lot of turnovers. They're yeah, a great. They team. good man. They're they're a team to look out for in March. Yep. Uh, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but man, um, you guys, man, if you guys want to stay in touch with me, you guys know where you guys can find me. You guys can find me on Facebook. I got my fan page, the Sports Judge. Please like, hit hit the like button, and also follow. Follow that fan page, man. You guys don't want to miss out. It's a great fan page. We have a lot of fun. We talk sports. We chat sports. I post the links to these shows. Um, I post memes. I post uh, short videos, short takes that I do. Uh, you guys want to check it out. And if you guys want to stay in touch with me, you guys know where else you guys can find me is on Twitter, uh, SportsJudge85. You guys can find me on Instagram, SportsJudge85. You guys can also uh, uh, check me out on TikTok. Yes, I'm TikToking now. Uh, sport, the Sports Judge 85, the Sports Judge 85. Uh, so you guys can uh, check me out there. You guys can follow me there. Uh, but we're about to wrap this up now because it's been an hour. Time flies when you're having fun. It was another great show of the Sports Judge. But <laughs> the Judge's Sports Corner. The Judge's Sports Corner. Man. It's been another great show. As always, I was joined by Coach Dante. Thank you guys for watching. Without you guys, none of this is possible. I know there's a variety of shows out there that you guys can choose from. And I just want to thank you guys for making our show a part of, the, a, a part of your night, uh, wherever you may be. So I uh, appreciate you guys. You guys be safe. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Be safe out there. Have fun. Do your thing. Do great things. Be great. Stay positive. Stay up and continue to be lifted. We'll talk again on Monday. I'll be back with another episode of the Judges Corner. I'll be joined by Anthony Cobb on Monday. And Coach Dante will be back next Wednesday, most likely yep. next Wednesday and Friday. For yep. Coach Dante and myself, we are checking out of here now. We are out of the building. 
You guys have a wonderful weekend. Peace out. Good night, y'all.